Welcome to the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike O'Kelly. This is another solo episode and a recap of the O'Kelly family vacation last week. So finally got a chance to take a full week's vacation. It was absolutely fantastic. Stayed in Oak Island, North Carolina. If you have not been there before, I absolutely recommend it. Now it's a family beach. It's a lot different than your uh, Myrtle Beaches where there's just stuff going on left and right. This is really a place where you can go. It's a great beach where you can just relax and you can recharge. If you can say that a week with the kids <laughs> is recharging. If anybody has little kids out there, they know exactly what I mean. It was great. A coworker of my wife's at Wells Fargo has a beach house there. The house was being unrented. So this is a very impromptu trip. It came up really at the last minute. We had a, a fantastic deal on this house, five bedroom. Uh, I don't know how many bedroom. I don't know how many bathrooms, but there was bathrooms galore. Three stories. It is located at one 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 zero East Beach Drive in Oak Island, North Carolina. The house is called Summer Nights. K I K N I G H T S like the medieval uh, soldier or warrior, whatever you want to call it. Summer nights. It was fantastic. 92nd walk to the beach. It is on beach road, which is the road directly next to the beach. So this is in the second row of houses and three stories with a crow's nest that you could sit up there. And what was great was the two houses on the beach in front of us were short. They were only the one story on stilts. So you could see the ocean. You could see the water. It was very relaxing. Like I said, a 90 second walk to the beach and it was great. Um, Father-in-law got a chance to come down. My parents came down, my sister and my nephew. So it was a nice little family vacation and it was fantastic. Not to mention one of the largest backyard pools I've ever seen at a beach. And yes, that is very important. You know, if you have little kiddos that you have a pool available as well, because they don't want to go and deal with the sand all day long, even though my daughter loved it, but highly recommend if you have a chance to go to Oak Island, North Carolina, you do it. It's fantastic. Especially renting out uh, Michael's house summer nights. Again, 1110 East Beach Drive, Oak Island, North Carolina. Uh, I should have written it down. I don't have the zip code, but that should get you as, as far as you need to go. The house is called Summer Nights. I think it's booked out from the summer, but if you live up north, no matter where you are, uh, it's always great to come to the Carolina coast in the fall, early spring, et cetera. You will not be disappointed. So I had a lot of, I had a chance to do a lot of, of relaxation and, and thought, and I, I made some notes and I, I jotted down some ideas and I did do a little bit of work. Um, I had some conference calls, not too much. I ha had some conference calls and some uh, phone conversations with my new business with Restore. So it only took a couple hours. Um, and usually that's when the kiddos were taking naps or they were playing with the grandparents. So, but I, but I had a chance to, that's the most, that's the most time off I have taken since my uh, wife and I took a trip before our first child. So three years ago, we went to Barcelona. It was the first time mentally, physically, I'm exhausted. <laughs> um, physically, I'm exhausted. We just were nonstop, go, 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 go. But mentally, I'm as fresh as I probably have been in at least nine to 12 months. And that's really one of the previous episodes I talked about taking a break and getting your mental health right and just relaxing mentally because the mind and the body work together. So I feel great and I highly recommend 
you know, I know it's Memorial Day weekend is coming up. Uh, today's Monday, so it's the last week before Memorial Day weekend. Some people have probably already headed on vacation. If you're listening to this right now and you're on vacation, kudos to you. You picked a great time to have a nice little, what, nine or 10 day uh, weekend. So moving on, I, I thought about some things. And one of the things that came up was the conversation of passive versus active when it comes to selling. And the reason why I bring this up is, you know, there's a, there's a delineation between marketing and selling and marketing really is it's getting people's ideas. Now, let me pause real quick. My idea of marketing, I know there's definitions of marketing, but my idea of marketing is to inform somebody who's completely unaware of a product or service or to complete, to inform somebody of a new change, new product. It's basically to give information. That's what it is. Selling is the actual pull through of the process. It is getting somebody to take action. Now, marketing can lead to sales. It can lead to somebody seeing a piece of marketing and saying, yes, I want to do that. But most of the time, it's just for informational pieces. And the reason why is because a lot of times marketing has taglines, you know, a tagline with Nike, just do it. Okay. Just do what? You know, the new uh, brand that my wife and I are getting involved with restore hyper wellness and cryotherapy. The tagline is restore, do more, do more. What? Well, if you know what restore does, do more makes a lot of sense. And it's actually a great tagline, but the salesperson is there to fill in the blanks, to, um, to con- contextualize exactly what the taglines, the phrases, the marketing means. It's to um, bring everything full circle from the past, present, and future states. And so I started thinking about you know, passive and active selling, because I think a lot of people get them confused. Passive selling, I'll give you an example. Passive selling is if you go to a trade show or you go to a farmer's market and people have those tents and they're just sitting and they're, they're sitting waiting for you to come by and talk to them. That's passive. Active is what a lot of we a lot of what we do in outside sales or what we ha- what I've done in the past in outside sales is active. You're you're going to the clients. You're going to your customers and presenting to them. And there's a place for both of them. But what I've heard from some people within the industry is that outside sales is becoming very passive that companies are relying more on their marketing and less on their sales teams. Now, marketing and sales have to have the great handshake. They have to work together in order for a brand, a product to work. I think it could be a mistake to focus more on marketing. Now, I know I'm biased. I'm a sales guy. But focusing too much on the marketing, if that were the case, there'd be no use for sales professionals. You wouldn't need an outside sales team if all you had to do was marketing. Well, why are there 
tens of thousands of outside sales professionals because companies and brands know marketing doesn't pull through. Marketing might get people interested. Marketing might help to expand the knowledge of a brand, but marketing as a whole does not sell, especially for a lot of products that are emerging to the market and they need somebody to explain the change that's going to happen, that emotional state change that's going to happen with your client or your prospect. That is what a sales professional is needed for. And marketing can't do that adequately. And one of the reasons why is passive, marketing is passive. It is non-interactive. Now, there, there might be some things that your company does that is interactive. I'm talking about generalities as a whole. And that got me to thinking about passive versus active. Now, I will tell you one of my biggest pet peeves when I go out to eat at restaurants is how they have structured their process and they're leaving hundreds of millions of dollars on the table. I actually tested this house. So a friend of mine was a general manager of a pizza place and it was a really good pizza place. The guys that founded it came from, I think up from New York, really good pizza place. There's about eight locations in Charlotte, I think. And he's bounced around as the GM of multiple stores. And I go in one day and I look at the menu and there's this list of fantastic desserts. And I had never tried any of them. I'm not a big dessert guy. Contrary to people who have met me, they're like, they might think I'm into sweets. I really, I really, I'm not more meat and potatoes. I digress. I said, how are your desserts? He said, oh, our desserts are fantastic. How many of you sold today? And this was at a dinner time. I think we sold one. So your desserts are fantastic and you've sold one. So I decided to, I usually go to the bar. I usually went to the bar because I was sitting by myself. And I told him, and I said, you know, I've never been offered the desserts. No one has ever talked about the desserts and the desserts were anywhere from eight to $12. So it's not as if they were very low revenue, not to mention the fact that those products are usually mass produced and cheap flowers, cheap sugars, cheap. Some of the items might not be, but you, you understand what I'm saying. Cakes are cheap. Cheesecake is cheap. And so I said, do you have any process in place? Do you have any system to inform your patrons here how good your desserts are? And he said, you know, I don't think we've ever discussed that. And I said, so you've got products on your menu that you haven't discussed as a team, how to pull those through. Is is that correct? And he goes, Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's like, what do you suggest? I said, start at the beginning, put it in their mind. Have you ever been to a restaurant and the server is fantastic. And this is only, this has only happened to me two or three times in my life. The server while going through the menus will say, Oh, and by the way, we have some of the best homemade cheesecake you'll ever have. Save some room or take a to-go box. You're going to want to eat it here. Bravo. 
<laughs> that is exactly what I would do. Let people know, put the thought in their head. I can't remember the study. I wish I had. I saw it about 15 years ago, but there are studies that show that the overall satisfaction level of a restaurant is increased by 20% or more when those patrons had dessert. Why sugar? Think about it. I think there's a direct correlation between sugar and, and dopamine, you know, dopamine hits. Think about it. If you ended your meal with a sugary, delicious treat, of course, you're going to think it was better. And yet so many restaurants out there, and I am singling out restaurants as an example, so many restaurants out there are taking the passive route. Well, it's on the menu. Okay. But maybe people don't think about desserts when they come, you know, this was a pizza place, an Italian place. I mean, they have really good like baked ziti and it was a full on kind of Italian menu, but they're great pizzas. If you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, I'm talking about Hawthorne's. Hawthorne's got great pizza. Nobody ever thinks about the desserts because they're thinking, oh, it's pizza. Well, why would I need, you know, taking four large pies to go? Why would I need to think about dessert? Well, their desserts are fantastic. So I suggested to my buddy, just, just tell your servers, have a little contest who can sell the most desserts tonight gets a bonus or something. When they go out and they talk about the specials or they go over the menu, just mention how great the desserts are. And I want you to see what happens. Sure enough, I saw him like a week later and he goes, oh my God, <laughs> we've never sold more desserts. I said, exactly. That is an example of actively selling. Those products were on the, on the menu. So translating that into the sales world, your products are on your website. If you're simply just telling people, your prospects or your targets, just to go to your website, you failed. That's passive. Well, they can go to the website and they can check it out themselves. Have you seen a lot of these websites? Oh my gosh. They're almost like short novels. Some of them are super confusing. That's an example of being passive, just sending, Oh, go to the website. Oh, they can just check out our Instagram page or they can just check out Twitter. What have you that is passive. That is not actively engaging. Now, from a business standpoint, what you would do is you would say, here, I'm going to send you the link. What's your email address? What's your, what's your, I'm going to text it to you. What's your phone number? As a sales rep, that is taking the next step. Not just simply saying, oh, you know, our website's on the brochure. That's passive. That's forcing someone else to make a decision where they have to lead themselves to the right conclusion. You don't want that to happen. You want to lead them to their decision, but you have to lead them there. That's active selling. Now, you don't want them to believe it's your idea because if they feel pressured, it's not going to go well. Chris Voss famously said in his book, never split the difference. Negotiate like your life depends on it. Fantastic book, by the way. You should, you should pick it up today. I highly recommend it for all sales professionals. He said, the difference is if you hear the phrase, you're right, you have failed. That's right means they're, they're conceptualizing the idea. You know, you're right, completely different. You don't want to hear you're right. 
because then they think it's your idea. So you want to lead them to where they want to go, but they need guidance. It's the same when you're, when people come to a restaurant and they say to the server, what do you recommend? I've been there before. And when I say that, when I ask that, I want to know the inside scoop. Are you an expert of your restaurant? What do people like to order? I'm looking for a recommendation. And I've been there before where people say, um, I'm not sure. <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I, so then I fall, what I do is I fall back into my comfort zone. If I ask a server, what is good here? And they don't have any recommendations. You should try this. People love this. Okay. Thank you. If they say, oh, I'm not really sure. Then what I do is I look for comfort foods, things that I can recognize by name, steak, you know, chicken sandwich, whatever the restaurant might be. I'll just do that. But I'm all, but people are going there for an experience. Your prospects and clients are there to do the same. They are there for an experience. You need to guide them, actively guide them. Not just send them a bunch of information, not just send them an email with a bunch of links to click on. Guide them, paint the picture. That's the difference between active and passive selling. And going back to the passive part, that's really what marketing is. Anything that is on print, anything that is visual but nonverbal is passive. For instance, sending a text message is not the same as picking up the phone and talking to them. Sending an email is not the same as a face-to-face meeting. There's a hierarchy of contact. Writing a letter, though, is better than a text message. It may be outdated, but I still write thank you cards to big clients of mine. Because it means more. They, they know that I took the time to sit down when there were so many paths that were easier to take and write a letter. I had to buy the stationery, write the letter, send it, put it in the mail, get a stamp. They know it takes time. And that is higher. So if you think about the hierarchy of communications, face-to-face is number one. And then you've got the phone. And I would say writing a letter and then, or I'd say video, because now we've done video conferencing in the last two years. I think video is just above a phone call or it could be just below. Let me know what you think. In-person phone call slash video, and then it's handwritten note or handwritten letter. And that can be something that's dropped off in person or it can be mailed. And then it is a text message because you have their cell phone number, it's more personal. And then at the bottom, it's email. Because email is basically spam now. I wake up in the morning, I have hundreds of emails. It takes me at least five minutes to, to scroll through and just see which ones are important and look at them. And I'm on every, I mean, I, I'm on email lists that I didn't, I, I never subscribe to. You know, people can buy email lists, by the way, from all these different companies and they're scraping email lists, et cetera. So there's a lot of things you haven't subscribed for that you're going to have to unsubscribe for. But when you're talking about being successful in sales, you have to get great at active selling and understanding there is a role for passive. 
but you have to guide. You have to grab your prospect or your client or whoever you're trying to take to add more business, et cetera. And you have to grab their hand and you have to pull them towards where they want to go, but you have to be their guide. They want to, they want to have some guidance. They don't want to go out of this alone. Okay. And that also means follow through. Once the active selling also includes, once the sale has happened, the pull through, the follow up, how's everything going? I can't tell you how many times where I've bought a product or a service and I literally never hear from the company again. How frustrating is that? It's like, we got your money. Bye. Good luck. Shove you out the door. So I'd like to know your thoughts on passive, active selling. Did I hit the mark? Am I off a little bit? Um, I'd, anybody wants to come on and, and talk about the passive versus active selling? I'd love to hear from you. So those are just one of my thoughts. I've got more thoughts coming up on more episodes when it comes to uh, selling topics and also topics that revolve around the outside sales world. So Thank you so much. I really do appreciate, again, everybody that listens, please download the episodes, share them, like them, whatever your platform allows. We're on all major platforms. The analytics are showing that number one and number two are Spotify and Apple. It just depends on the week, but that's about 65 to 70% of all the downloads are on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Uh, On Spotify, please hit that five star. If you feel like it is deserved, download the episodes, share them with your friends, anybody that would find this interesting. And that's really the key. Share this out with people who are like-minded or somebody that you want to have conversations with. What I, I heard a last no, two weeks ago, one of the best things that I heard was that one of my friends sent this episode to a buddy of his, and they had a conversation regarding the topic that I was talking about. They had a separate conversation, flushing out the best practices and ideas. That's fantastic. I love hearing things like that. I just want to get back to the basics and the in-between-the-lines topics that don't get talked about enough, quite frankly. Have you heard anybody talking about passive and active selling recently? If so, please let me know because they're ahead of the game. So thank you again. Please share, like, download uh, five stars if we deserve it. Um, Reach out to the show again, Mike at survivingoutsidesales.com. It is spelled how it sounds, survivingoutsidesales.com. Mike at survivingoutsidesales.com. This episode and all of our episodes are brought to you by Rhythm AI, uh, prospecting, targeting, and routing simplified. If you're an outside sales or you're a manager or in management of an outside sales team, your team needs to be as efficient as possible in the field and utilize Rhythm AI. It helps to optimize the best calls so you see the right clients or right targets at the right times, at the right locations with the right frequencies. It's the four rights. Can't go wrong with that. So check it out. Go to rhythmai.com and sign up for a trial uh, month, just $1. Click on the professional, or if you are a manager with the team, click on the teams, 
or if you are listening to this and you're a large organization and you want to discuss, we also have enterprise services that go above and beyond um, kind of a white glove service for our bigger clients. Go to rhythmai.com and you can trial it for one month for just a dollar. R-I-T-H-M-A-I.com. This has been another episode of Surviving Outside Sales. Thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. And we will see you next time. Bye.